Hi, welcome to Worship Leader Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Toon, and we're here to disciple worship leaders. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to worshipleaderlife.com podcast. My name is Stephen. You probably know that from the intro. Um, and yes, there is an air conditioner running in the background. I apologize for that, but it is so hot in our house. We had a bunch of rain and the cloud cover and the humidity is making our little house hot. So I had to, to give in and throw that on. So, uh, but without further ado, we will get into it here. So we are on, uh, we've just done a three part Today's t part three of a little three-part uh, series here on the podcast. And I've been talking about the boot camp that I put on, which is, uh, I've got two. One is a longer one, like that goes about eight weeks. And one is a short three-session uh, mini boot camp. And so I wanted to just kind of summarize what we go over in those three days. And day three is actually made up from questions and uh, requests from the folks who are in the class. And the last time I, I ran this, it was songwriting and set lists that came up and recruiting and developing. So on the first two days, we went over a foundation for worship leading. And being a worship leader, and then we went over, which is based on a mini, mini ebook that I put out that you can get at worshipleaderlife.com. And the second day, we were talking about the worship leading checklist, which is basically my kind of go to. It's what I follow. And day three, we got talking about songwriting and set lists, and recruiting and developing. And so just, just to kind of cover those quickly. Um, I'll, uh, I'll jump right in here. So when it comes to songwriting, the reason I, I talk about songwriting and set lists together, uh, is because I view them both through the same lens. And that is a lens of narrative or storytelling. Um, a few years ago, I started getting into Joseph Campbell and Rene Girard and others, uh, also, uh, Donald Miller, who has a company now called Story Brand. He's a writer, and he he teaches a lot on this stuff too. But putting all you know, scholars and theologians and authors aside, let's let's reference something that most of us uh, understand, and that's the Star Wars movies. the The very first one that came out in 1977 and we meet Luke Skywalker and he wants to get off of Tatooine. He wants to get into a, uh, a life with more meaning and, and, you know, within his passions, he wants to pilot and he wants to, to fight. And he meets Obi-Wan Kenobi and the droids and, you know, others and embarks on this adventure. And it, it pretty quickly turns into something 
way more epic and deeper than he ever imagined or realized it would be. And along the way, they have, uh, you know, struggles, battles, and whatnot, and, until eventually the, the epic climax, you know, at the end, where they're battling the Empire and they're trying to take down this Death Star and, and Luke has to really dig deep and find his true self and, and you know, get in touch with the Force. And, and we see uh, a transformation. And throughout all the Star Wars films, I mean, there's the themes of death and resurrection and lineage um, and just, the, you know, blessings and curses and a connection to everybody. And it's all based on the hero's journey, which George Lucas referenced. And, and you know, he, he was using Joseph Campbell's and others discovery of this this common thread throughout all cultures and you know all stories all legends all myths all um they all have this hero's journey element or or uh, formula so what it is it's it's a narrative arc and it's like you know in a story there's a main character and they will they will have people who come alongside them and mentor them or guide them or lead them. Uh, and they realize that they have to uh, set off on this, this task, this journey and the, or a mission. And they, they go off and it usually gets, you know, way heavier than they first thought it was going to be. And yet they experience a huge transformation, be it death and then resurrection or complete loss. And then, uh, you know, a, a huge gain in a whole new way. Um, they grow as a person. They, their character develops and grows and deepens. And we as the listener, we learn something. And this, to me, is almost one of the most important, you know, foundational things when, when writing a song. We are telling a story. And it doesn't have to be necessarily about a person or about you. Um, it can be about an event or it can be about... But as worship leaders and as worship songwriters, we are the, the main character in our stories are... It's Jesus. It's the Lord, right? So taking this concept of story and, and you know, uh, uh, stages and a pro progression... Uh, can also be applied to set lists as well. And of course, in our set lists, we have these mini stories that we're putting together to kind of shine a light on the greater story of of creation, of the cross, of death and resurrection, of victory, and the gospel, the good news. So if you think of yourself, you start at this place of of, hey, I'm here to communicate something through song. And I'm here to bring people on a journey themselves this Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whenever it is that you're leading worship. My prof in college, uh, who is the head of our department, he used to talk about the worship ramp. And he wasn't trying to be formulaic, but he was like, if we're here to help people with intimacy with the Lord, with getting close to God, 
uh, blessing the Lord, ascribing worth to God, listening to God, um, being led and directed by the Holy Spirit. We are we as worship leaders can see ourselves as creating kind of a ramp, and in the same way that you know that's that's what this journey is. That's what this narrative uh, is that that I'm talking of. We're starting at point A, where you know person walks into the room and we don't know where they're coming from we don't know what kind of morning they had what kind of week they had but it's our job to foster and facilitate connection with god and so how are we going to craft that set list and if we're a songwriter how are we going to write songs to help people to get into that space and we're not trying to manipulate we're not trying to coerce or fool people into you know some kind of uh, I don't know, some kind of ideal or, or experience, but we want to just set the stage and do our best to bring them on this journey. So that's what we talked about in, uh, we talked about last time on day three, we talked about how story and, and narrative and this idea of like, we have a goal, we have a direction and how are we going to, how are we going to do this? And really, you know, the hero is, is always the Lord. And the the Obi-Wan is also the Lord. The Holy Spirit is our helper, right? But we also become like helpers, like uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi or a, a guru of sorts. You know, as we come alongside worshipers in our midst and say, hey, let me help you worship. So you can look at it as uh, we're there to help them. But ultimately, really, the hero is Jesus and the Holy Spirit is our guide. So, you know, there's so much more to say about that. And I'm just sort of scratching the surface, but I want you to know, like, I really believe in this foundation of how can we serve our people well as, um, as people of, of story, people of journey. And... Uh, Recruiting and development. So this is this was another topic that came up, and people wanted to. We're asking, you know, how do I recruit? What should I expect of people that are in my, on my team, or you know, what should I require of them? And there's different ways to look at this. You know, some churches say you got to be a member here. Some churches, uh, some leaders, like I've heard Brian Dirksen say, he has like a six month rule or or guide where if somebody arrives at the church and wants to start playing or leading worship, um, he says, awesome, let's, let's get to know you. So they, they need to be there present for six months before they can even audition for the worship team. And yes, I use the word audition because I think it's important for worshipers, uh, worship leaders rather to have a certain level of musical ability and knowledge so that they are helping people to worship and not hindering it. But as far as recruiting and, <coughs> excuse me, your philosophy of, of team and who's on the team, you know, it, it character is important. Communicating your vision, your mission and philosophy of worship is super important. Coming up with sort of a plan, like, yeah, if someone does walk in new, you don't know them and they want to start playing with your team. Um, are you okay with that? Now I have, have practiced a little bit of that, but I've also 
more than that over the years, I have practiced more of a, I call it worship evangelism, like missionary dating, right? Like, so I've had countless drummers, bassists, guitar players who they're, they're humble and there's character there and I can count on them, but I don't know where they're at in their relationship with God, with Jesus, where they stand with the gospel yet. I don't necessarily fully know where they're at, but I communicate to them what we're doing with worship and why we're here. We're here to serve others. We're not here to, you know, show off or put the spotlight on us or, or even to develop as musicians, but developing is a secondary, you know, that does happen. Um, but I will take people and bring them into the fold, so to speak. And in that way, we're share, sharing the gospel with them. We're sharing community. Gordon T. Smith, uh, one of another prof I had in college, and he's the president at Ambrose University, where I studied before it was called that, um, but it was it was Canadian Bible College before that. But he uh, he wrote a book. I believe it's called Conversion and Transformation. I could be wrong about that. I'm gonna look look that up. But uh, I just was talking to him about it actually because I was asking him. He's written a few books, and he talks about well, he's written a number of books, but in particular this book. He talks about conversion and transformation and how a person kind of comes from not knowing anything about the gospel to becoming, you know, fully immersed in Christian community and uh, discipleship, right? And so there are so many things that happen in a person's life. And he gave examples in the book of people that he had involved in, you know, teaching ministries like Sunday school um, and that kind of thing before they had actually professed Christ or, or said, hey, I, I believe and I, I'm a disciple. And his point was that there are so many different things. You can't just, you can't just uh, you know, adhere to this idea that once a person says the prayer, they're good. They're in. They're they're a Christian, and let's let them serve and whatever. Like the idea is that we're all on a journey, and there's different stages and steps and depths and experiences and ups and downs. So when I have used, you know, met musicians in the community and said, "Hey, come and play with us," those have been amazing experiences. I had a guy who, after a year of playing with me, we went on a went for a walk together. We were just uh, hanging out and he goes, Hey, I wanted to tell you something. And he shared that before he started playing with us, he had kind of given up on church and given up on God. And, but over the last year, because of how our team exhibited just being real with him and, you know, we weren't some high and lofty, holy group. We were, we were just real people that were trying to follow Jesus. And, he had sort of, he decided that, you know, this was for him and he did believe. And, you know, and that's not the first time I've experienced that. So I, I just really think that when you're thinking about recruiting and using people, you want to take this into account. You know, how are we developing disciples? It's not about, you know, using perfect people. It's about 
making this a way to grow the church, to expand the church, to share the gospel. Uh, and that maybe that doesn't mean you recruit people for the, you know, the main services. Maybe there's other places. Uh, and I talk a bit about that in the class using youth and young people and how, what a huge impact you can have, even by just spending a few hours a month with, with young people and mu doing music, you know, think about the people that impacted you as a young person and how much time did you actually spend with them? In a lot of cases, like for me, I had a couple of people that were huge influences and, and had a major positive impact on my life and my discipleship. And I really didn't spend a ton of time with them. It was maybe an hour or two a month tops, right? So we talk about just what an impact you can have as a leader, as a team leader, as a recruiter, you know, as a, as a, even a teacher, um, the impact you can have on, on young people. And yeah, so we got talking a little bit about that and, and developing, uh, your musicians and working on, uh, with, in the longer version of the boot camp, we get into creating a philosophy of worship for you and your team. And, uh, so I touch on that a little bit too on day three, but that's, that, that's a good little, uh, summary of day three for you. And I am going to open up registration for another boot camp, And I, would love to see you there and it's a it's a good little time to uh to to walk through some of the foundations of worship leading and the process of preparing a set and some of the other aspects of of ministering through music and worship so i'm really excited i just this morning recorded uh next week's episode with uh two worship leaders from my church that's really what we're here to do. It's you're not. I'm not doing this so that I can have a podcast where I talk at you. I'm doing this because I want to see worship leaders discipled, and you know where better, but to to learn from each other, right? So having local worship leaders on to talk about their process and and how they how they prepare and and how they were called to the ministry. Um, I had a really great talk with uh, Julia and Andrea from our church this morning, and I can't wait to share that with you next week. So stay tuned. Talk to you soon. This has been the worshipleaderlife.com podcast. You can find us at worshipleaderlife.com. I'm your host, Stephen Toon. I'm an ordained minister with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. I was a pastor for almost 20 years, and now I support local churches by discipling worship leaders. And I look forward to serving you again. Thanks. Bye-bye. shelter, comfort, and healing from all my pain. Your love 
It transforms and reclaims your touch We love your embrace Savior rescued me while I was still in sin I'll never receive condemnation or shame again Cover by the song of your love I'm saved by the mark of your blood Oh, you fly like an eagle and pour like rain You ride on the wind and you know my name Everything broken you man again No one can love like you You're gentle as a whisper but never Rushing like a breaker, but you calm the sea. You glorify the Father and spread His name, Jesus. There's none like You. Shepherd, a friend and a brother, we know Your voice. Meeting our needs and empowering choice You speak, you're the living word We can't get enough of you, Lord Oh, you fly like an eagle and pour like rain You ride on the wind and you know my name Everything broken
like an eagle and pour like rain You ride on the wind and you know my name Everything broken you mend again No one can love like you You're gentle as a whisper but never weak You're rushing like a breaker but you calm the sea You glorify the Father and spread His name Jesus, there's none like You Jesus, there's none like You